Introducing MetroTap for iOS and Android. The best way to connect and network with others with just a tap. MetroTap allows you to instantly show your social media, music, payment platforms, and contact information just by tapping your phone. MetroTap can be used by anyone in any industry, and the other person you're networking with does not need the app to receive your information. Customize your profile with MetroTap Direct to instantly met someone to your Instagram. MetroTap also comes with a personal QR code, which is perfect for events and websites. Anyone can use it with and without the app. So why not take the work out of network and download MetroTap now? Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to the Staley English Kurt Show. It's your boy, Coach English, and we are back once again for another week to bring you another great, great show. Here with my boy, Josh Staley, head coach at AC Floor. Brother Staley, how you doing today? All is well, as always. God is good. Been mourning a little bit. Lost a really good um, fraternity brother last week. Um, one of the better men that I knew was a mentor to me, was an official in South Carolina for a um, very long time, worked at South Carolina State for a very long time, um, pledged 67, five dog, um, brother Leon Myers, AKA Naughty Top, man. So um, prayers to his family, prayers to the brothers of Omega South Five, not just the brothers of Omega South Five, but everybody that he touched, man. He's been a, a professor at South Carolina State for a very long time, and he worked very close with the athletics, so, um, Always stayed on me, always kept me in line. So, you know, I hold him dear to my heart. We're going to miss him and um, God bless. But other than that, you know, all is well, man. Just keeping it keeping it in the road. How you been? Man, I've been good, man. Can't complain. Just another day, making sure to stay, keep my head above water. Spend every day trying not to get fired, you know, doing the best I can. <laughs> doing the best I can. You know how it is. Um, but once again, you know, we are here to give you the best we can and try to give you the best guests that we can to come in every now and then. And we happen to uh, have a he has become a good friend of mine over about the last year, so to speak. Um, he's the he's an assistant coach over at Xavier University. Some people call him Deke. I call him Deacon Hayes. But uh, <laughs> but uh, we want to welcome to the show. Uh, Coach, uh, assistant coach at Xavier University, Mr. Jonas Hayes. How you doing there, brother Jonas? You know, coach, you and Josh, I'm doing well. You know, doggone well. I do not deserve all that applause. 
that <laughs> yeah man we cut it short too we, we should have had it go longer <laughs> no 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 it was, it, was, it was perfect no i'm good i'm I'm using your term i cannot complain any day above ground is a good day if i were any better i'd be one of you tell me one or two one of you two gentlemen okay cool oh, cool you see, you see how he laying it on thick that's normally how he do now that's right. sweet wow i'm not laying it on thick i'm just telling you the <laughs> truth man i had a chance to experience mr myers a little bit because i worked at south carolina state um 15 17 years ago when jamal brown was the coach there and he was this mythic figure even when i was i never had a chance to spend a lot of time with him but he was a guy that whose reputation so preceded itself and um so and i had a brother to go there to south carolina state raheem who knows him really 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 well and so there's nothing but great things i've heard about him i know he's going to leave a void in a lot of people's lives um but into this life Rain shall fall. All right. Right, right. And um, you know, like you said, he was just it was crazy, right? So like he had unbelievable rules in his classroom, like you couldn't wear shorts to his class. So it's just <laughs> like you should have seen students forgetting that they had shorts on and rushing back to their rooms, their dorm rooms. Oh man, I got on shorts. So yeah. brother Miles, brother Miles is one of a kind, man. One yeah, no, of no, a so, kind. and so it's just simple stuff like that that teaches discipline. You have to be consciously aware of the discipline that you have or even don't have. And so just to get young people to just to think about, okay, to success, you have success on purpose. Those are habits that you create. And uh, he was a he was a guy that that instilled some of those disciplines and made people aware, uh, made people aware of that. You know, to be successful, you have to be successful on purpose. Amen. Amen. That's so true. That's so true. Yeah. Um. Well, <clears throat> I, I I never had an opportunity to experience the man, but a lot of the people that I know um, that went to South Carolina State have, and they, you know, everybody I talked to that knew him from South Carolina State had nothing bad to say outside of the i've heard the no shorts rule before yeah. from people who've had his class so um you know it's just uh you know we, from the state of the english and curse show we want to just wish him and his family i want to wish him a rip and his family you know keep your head up and uh we'll all get through it uh so uh uh josh so today we're going to talk about something that people freely talk about so much on social media, on the internet, um, on other podcasts. And the reason why I want to talk, I, I, I thought it was a great idea to bring this up because a lot of people talk about it without much knowledge behind it. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, what, what better thing to do is to get someone that is um, intimately involved in that process, you know, that works um, a job that is directly affected by that process. And what we're talking about is the transfer portal. So, after we get a little rundown, we're going to let Coach give a little background and quick history of how he got to this point, and then we're going to get into our topic. Uh, yeah, so uh, so so Jonas, uh, you played a little college, played, not a little college, you played a lot of college basketball. <laughs> well, don't want to insult you here. Don't want to insult you. <laughs> you no, no. Basketball. Uh, tell, take us through that. Um, how? So, what about college and then how you kind of got into coaching? Born and raised in Atlanta, Georgia. Went to Georgia. Graduated from Georgia played at Georgia. Um, uh, I knew my junior year, I played for a coach by the name of Jim Herrick. A little bit about Jim Herrick. He had won a national championship at UCLA in 1995 with O'Bannon brothers, Cameron Dollar as, as his point guard. He had become the coach at Georgia. My brother and I 
out of high school, we went to Western Carolina, just a little bit about us. We knew we wanted to go to school together, uh, but it was kind of a crazy situation. Everybody and their mother was, recruit was recruiting my brother. Jarvis was the top 25 player in the country. And at the time, he had the Villanovas of the world, he had the Yukons, he had Georgetown, I believe. Syracuse was recruiting him. Um, for some odd reason, all the schools in the Northeast, in the Mid-Atlantic and the Northeast was, was recruiting him. The only high major school that was recruiting me was Clemson. And but we had found we had figured and made a decision early in our you know lives you know tenth ninth tenth grade that we wanted to go to school together we didn't we didn't budge off of that the only three schools that were recruiting both of us was Western Carolina University um, Mercer University Jacksonville State University we decided to go to Western Carolina uh, after one year our coaches were fired and so Coach Harrick had gotten the job at Georgia said what in the hell we were doing the, the prior coaches that were doing that allowed Jarvis Hayes to get out get out of state. Well, people miscalculated how good of a ball player and productive a ball player that I would become. Uh, and so Jim Herrick, he decided to say, you know what? I got two scholarships for those boys, bring them back home to Georgia. And so that's how we ended at Georgia. Well, my junior year, my brother, he had decided, well, he decided to leave and, and go to the NBA draft. He got drafted 10th overall. And I knew then I wanted to start coaching because I, I kind of want to see a different side of the game of basketball. So I started coaching my high school summer league. Coach Andrews allowed me to coach my high school summer league, uh, summer league team. And I, you know what? I really, really freaking enjoyed it. And so that's how I, that's how I got the bug first year. Coached at my high school after I graduated from Georgia. Coached at my high school. I coached at Morehouse College for a year. Coached at South Carolina State for a year. I coached AAU basketball for a year. Um, coached Division II basketball again at Belmont Abbey, and I got my break at the University of Georgia. Fast forward, you know, six years after I got the job, our coaches were let go, and I tried to find, okay, it's time for me to make a move in my career. And early in my process, I knew I wanted to work with great people. Well, as fate would have it, I met Coach Steele. I interviewed with him at the Malone Steakhouse on Central Avenue, right outside the Atlanta airport for about an hour and a half. Um, and keeping in mind, I want to work with good people. He was the only coach that did not say in my interview process with him. And I talked to four or five different schools that I would give you consideration for this job on the condition you bring a player with you. <clears throat> and so for me, that spoke volumes. And so if you would if you would have told me three and a half years ago that, Jonas, you could script your career and better yet, you can script it best case scenario. I could not have come uh, up with a better scenario that I find myself in right now. I'm, I'm abundantly blessed. I am. Uh, and I realize that I'm aware of that. Uh, and I'm in a great spot for where I'm coming from. And you guys can contest this being in South Carolina. Everything revolves around football in the South. Not to say you don't have good basketball, but, you know, the love and attention, the passion, the pageantry that football creates is very, very big down South. Well, to be in an institution and in a region of the country where basketball is, it creates just that much attention, just that much passion and pageantry from its fan base and attention. It is unbelievable. And so, again, I'm fortunate I couldn't have come up with a better scenario if I could script my own career. Best case scenario. So here I am. That's present day. That's kind of the shortened version. I don't want to talk your head off, um, <laughs> but that's the extremely shortened version. Yeah, you know, you're good with me. I see why you call him Deacon now. Oh, yeah, no, listen. <laughs> like he's about to burst out into a sermon. Like I, I, I just, I, for some reason, I feel like I'm supposed to say amen at the end of all the sentences. So. I see exactly why you call him Deacon. That that man fits. 
man. Yeah, man. He's a uh, interesting guy, man. Our first interaction. Uh, I, I don't know how much he remembers, but uh, they oh, I remember uh, it. They uh they they called me from the main office and uh I, he's like down the hallway and he coming in through by the gym area <laughs> he's like down and he starts yelling I come for and I ain't leaving without him. <laughs> right. He used a couple that. of expli- explicitives in there and and <sighs> me instantly um you know nothing with and he was the first time it was that passionate of a person on instant impact so I was like. Man, this man just like me. I act like that on the sideline. So I, I know oh, yeah. he'll be okay. I know he'd be oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then the fact that uh, you know, he made it out to our game, came that night to the game, and then the interesting thing to me was he didn't look at my guys um when he talked to me after the game. It wasn't about his points, it wasn't about his rebounds, it wasn't about he was like hey, he played real hard. And that's what he brought that was one of the main things that he brought up. And I I, I you know, from then I just knew, you know, the kid would be all right. So, um, great guy. I've, uh, uh, I want to ask you a question. No, I wait till later to ask you that one. I'm gonna tell you what, though. I'm gonna tell you. Coach doesn't remember his first interaction with me. I mean, obviously, I'm you know not big time like Coach English. Don't we always gotta do that? I was calling a spade a spade. Like, I'm, come on, I'm, man. I'm, I'm okay with being humble. You know, we chilling here. But um, you know, so Coach was um was working with Jamal Brown at South Carolina State, and they came. This is when I was still coaching young ladies at Orangeburg Wilkinson High School, and they and I was the coach that had to open up the gym for them because during homecoming y'all couldn't practice. That's exactly right. And y'all came to OW a couple of days. <laughs> And I just sat down and stole drills and <laughs> practice plans for two days straight. I had to encourage the um y'all y'all manager because he got fussed at pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. He told me he looked me in the face. He's like, Coach, I can't do this. I'm about to walk out. I said, Don't, don't walk out. I said, I feel bad too because that was pretty tough. But you gotta, fight, you gotta fight through it. And um, so I so Coach, I admired you back then, and I still admire what you do now. But like I said, I know you don't remember me. I was just a guy standing in the corner. I appreciate you. Just doing it. But um, once again, we're really glad you on. We're glad you on. Coach E, what we got here? Okay. Uh, before we get into our topic, I got one question for you because I think um, some players that might be at, towards the end of their college careers, mm-hmm. uh, maybe to the end of their professional careers, uh, what do you think might have been uh, – What do you, what's the difference between playing and coaching? Because we see guys try to make the transition a lot, and they don't make that transition sometimes too well, but there are a few that succeed. So what, what, how's that – the biggest difference when you are when you're a player, you know the game, um, but being able to communicate communicate the game, articulate it, and being able to teach it—that's something totally different. And so you got to study uh, your communicating communication methods because uh, it's one thing to know it, but it's another thing to explain what it is you're doing. And a lot of times when when you have uh, players that are transitioning to coaching and a in a situation where you know, bullets are flying there in a high pressure situation. Sometimes what get lost in translation, the communication of it. Um, so I would, I would, I would charge younger coaches who are, well, younger players who are trying to transition to coaching, figure out ways, best way to communicate your knowledge. Uh, and so, cause you know, the game, just being able to being able to articulate and have someone else understand what it is you're trying to say. Cause at some point in time, even when you're younger, you can be, you can be able to demonstrate, what you're trying to what you're trying to get across but one of these days i'll be 40 40 years old this year 
and I can't get out there and demonstrate like I once did 10, 15 years ago. And so, <laughs> so you have to start transitioning, being able to articulate what it is you're trying to uh, trying to say so other people can explain it. And so what helped me, and so my first year of graduating, I was coaching high school, I was able to be in the classroom and understanding the different learning how different people learn and so that you change your change your vocabulary a little bit you have to get on people's level of their understanding of certain things uh so being in the classroom at douglas high school out of atlanta i got to get that school a shout out that helped me tremendously and i'm still learning you know and so that's that's not a um that's not a end all be all you continue learning better ways to connect and communicate with with your kids I think that's a great point you made, Coach. And I'm going to get outside of the realm of being humble for a second, right? Yeah. That's why, oh, oh, that's oh why now, right? I think, that's why I think high school coaches would do exceptional at the college level. No question about it. We have, But it's, it's just so tough to get our foot in the door because it's a business of um, who yeah. knows you and not what you know. And time out, time. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Because you guys are teachers, but you basketball coaches, but you are teachers. So right. you guys figure out different ways to communicate things, and you guys have mastered that. Amen. And so my the, the, my college coach, Jim Harrick, spent his first six years at Morningside High School as a high school coach. And so that makes the difference. My one year coaching in high school and being in the classroom, that has helped me out. And a lot of people, they just overlook that. So you had, you had, you had a small level. No, 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 no. When you're talking about being able to connect with people, that has made the difference in my career. I And I agree, coach. And that's what you said. Because, like, when you sit in a room full of coaches, before the when and once the players walk in, the players don't care how good you were. It's, no. all, it's all about how well, like you said, you can get them to comprehend what you're trying to teach. Yep, and that's so exactly it. Right. you got to be able to differentiate with the different players and and be able to um get on their level and get them to understand because you can have all the knowledge in the world but if you <clears throat> if they can't translate and you can't communicate it doesn't really matter. but that's that's a whole other show right <laughs> that's a whole other we, we'll get into that show and I, we'll, we'll I, do that another time we have a little passion a little we'll, sensitive and passion oh yeah We'll have Deacon A's on for that for that yeah, episode back. We'll back. <laughs> we'll have back. I'm, all, I'm all for it baby I'm all for that all right, Josh, let's get into it, man. Where we take where we take my man today. Okay, so we're talking about the transfer portal. So yep. what I want coach to do first is just clearly explain to our listeners, to our viewers, what exactly is the transfer portal. Well, the transfer portal, just to make it just quite simple, is an avenue where kids who find themselves in a situation that they don't they don't want to be in or don't need to be in for a lot of different reasons. It allows them the latitude and the power to put themselves in the portal. Like a few years ago, you had to go ask for permission to get a lease. I mean, to get released from your scholarship. Now it, it puts the power back into the kids hand. And so if you find a situation that is not either what you thought it was or it's changed from what you were told it was going to be, it now allows you to put yourself in the portal and find a spot that's to your liking. And you have one time to transfer without having to sit out uh, a year. Okay. Okay. Coaching. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you think, what do you think was the, not only was the rule in place or the rule was changed this year, which made it um, kids to instantly be eligible if they transfer. Yeah, so this is this is a big move in college basketball about the welfare welfare of the student athlete, and so 
you you saw it first with the cost of attendance money. You have kids now getting you know, who own scholarship are now getting paid uh, monies that's above the value of their scholarship just for welfare issues. Well, now it's an issue, not an issue. It's a whole big movement about giving par- players the power to move around, not like coaches because it's not employment, but obviously mm-hmm. just trying to make some similarities there, but give our student athletes a little bit more of a, a voice in their personal situation. Now that's not the whole different thing about, you know, being able to fight through adversity and just that and the third, that's a whole nother, a whole nother topic we can unpack for another day, but it's bo- mostly to give our student athletes uh, the feeling that they have a voice and have somewhat control over the matriculation of their own careers, but in keeping, getting a great education as well. Okay, so I think that was leading me to my next question. You kind of touched on it just now. Do you think that the what do you attribute the influx of it to? Like, I mean, like, I mean, it's always been there. Kids would transfer yeah. off because <clears throat> they they found themselves in a, in a situation in which so they may transfer down to JUCO and yeah. mm-hmm. go down to a lower level and then back up the next year. Um, but this year, it's just <clears throat> wasn't the ability to do so that caused it, or do you believe it's just the ability to do so that caused it, or do you think it's more of a um, uh, I'm really unhappy. And now that I don't have to go down, then shoot, I'm just going to go. I'm going to go ahead across. Yeah. So it is it's a combination of a lot of things, but I think mostly it, you can attribute that to kids finding them in situations where they're, they're playing for a transactional coach on uh, transactional coaches. And you have coaches that are do in and everything to, to fill a roster spot. And what is going to force coaches to do for me is, is, I love it to a certain degree that it's going to force coaches to really, really connect with their student athletes. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're no longer going to be able to sell a dream and it be something different than what you sold. Telling the truth and treating people with respect. Now, treating people with respect does not mean it's the absence of criticism and the absence of adversity being created, uh, but it, uh, it's going to force coaches to be truthful with their student athletes. And what you find, uh, if, if a parent feels like a coach has not been truthful with them in the recruiting process, you're going to be able to feel that day one on campus. And so if, if a kid is being recruited as a backup option, you're going to feel that your backup option when you get on campus. And so it's going, it's going to force coaches to connect with their student athletes more once they are on campus, but thoroughly in the, in the recruiting process as well. But it's also going to force people to tell the truth. Um, and I don't think it's a bad thing. I think I wish it would be some parameters to it. It's the wild, wild west. But to, in, in, in keeping in, in giving these student athletes uh, what we would like to call a voice, I don't think it's a bad thing for the game. Uh, that I think that needs to be. Uh, a little more structure, and we can get into that another day. I don't want to go get into those type details, but the, 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 the overall thinking of the transfer portal, I think, is more honest on the coaches to tell the truth and treat people with respect. Just because you're coaching somebody, that don't mean that does not give you the license to totally disrespect them as human beings. So basically, you're saying that the, the influence, like this, the, having the transfer portal has basically made it, whereas recruiting now, People have to come in with an honest mindset into recruiting yeah. the high school student. Yeah, and so, it, but the the honesty goes both ways now. So, if 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 a student athlete is making a basketball decision only on basketball, I question that uh, because that that has to be some type of emphasis being put placed upon the school, uh, the kids, 
uh, academic matric- uh, matriculation. Um, but it, it, but as a as a coach, I'm aspiring to be a head coach. I will always try to be cognizant of the culture that you have in place in your program. And the one thing I'm thankful about here at Xavier, there's a culture of hard work, but also a culture of honesty here. Uh, so the, any kid that we get into our program, it is exactly how we explained it to them. Now we tell them on the front end that you're going to have some adversity. We don't guarantee anybody playing time. We don't guarantee anybody uh, uh, a starting spot. But what we will guarantee you is an opportunity to make a difference. And what that looked like, that's going to be determined by you. We have this thing called Xavier Way, and every single practice we stack, we stack everything in practice, competitive practice, uh, and so. If you are grading well in our Xavier waypoints, nine times out of ten, you're going to be in our rotation. But uh, but I caution kids who are wanting to get in the portal uh, to make sure you evaluate your situation and you ought to be able to, if possible, lay blame at your own feet for some things that are not right. Uh, and, and, and parents, allow your kids to grow up um, and allow them to experience some adversity. Um, them having to go through some hardships as an 18, 19 year old, that same pit in your stomach that you feel now trying to make a decision on what you're going to have to do, how you're going to deal with this adversity. It's going to be the same pit in your stomach. You're going to get as a 35 or 40 year old. And if you find it in your heart to give up and quit at something the very, very first time, please believe that the second time or the next time you come up with a hardship is going to be easier to do the same thing. So to be very, very careful, because don't go into college thinking there will not be adversity and thinking, okay, I got to go find the next, next, you know, smoking train. Cause that's not, that's not reality. Now, if somebody's mistreating you, somebody is, is, is just being blatant in their disrespect and going overboard. Yeah. That's something you got to think about, but do not run for the hills just cause things get hard, you know, and I don't think people understand how diamonds become a diamond. It starts as an old dusty rock. And it's not until pressure is applied over years and adversity that a diamond is created. So don't think and you're going to run someplace and think the grass is green and you'll find that it's astroturf and it's fake. <laughs> you made so many great points there, Coach. Um, something that I like that you said that it kind of forces you to treat the, the players like people, right? You got to establish mm-hmm. a with them it may it forces you to put people first and um as coaches if you're not careful you'll put the tally marks in the left and the right hand columns before people and the be only- property this property then right right and and that has happened and this kind of um awakens folks you know you got to treat people right you got to establish those relationships that's the most important thing it's it's, it's about how much you care before is how much you know any given and day. once they know you care Okay, Josh, nope. you'll be able to coach them as hard as you can. Yep. Once they know you care about them, you will be able to coach that kid as hard as you can. And 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 then it's like on the other side, I agree with you 100% also. You're going to face adversity, mm-hmm. right? So my only thing, like my sons are getting older. My son, I have three sons. Two of them are old enough to start playing. They're playing sports now. And my oldest son, only in the seventh grade, has already went through adversity, okay? Mm-hmm. The adversity obviously came from playing time. Yes. He's not one of the better players on the team. So it's two things we don't talk about. We don't talk about the coach and we don't talk about playing time because those are two things I think 
Um, one, it's not your place as a player to talk as a parent to, 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 to discredit the coach because that ultimately only hurts your kid. And then two, playing time. I look at that as something only up to you. Yeah. You know, so um we grind, we work, you want to get on the floor. The only thing I watch as a parent is how you make my child feel. And I yes. don't equate that to like I don't bring that in as far as like playing time uh, effect because everybody's gonna be disappointed if they don't play as much as they want to play. Yeah. But how do you make as that you should be? Right. How do you make my child feel? Are you encouraging them? Are you inspiring them? Are you are you giving them that 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 belief in themselves that they can do it. You know, I watch all of those things. Are you constantly tearing them down? Are you trying to suck the life out of them to think that's going to make them do what you want them to do? I watch those things. So it's always, it's always two sides of the story, but I don't want, and I'm going to stop talking after this, but um, (laughs) I had, I was talking to a guy, you know, the college kids are home now for a few weeks Mm -hmm. before before back. So everybody's in the gym, right? So my sons are working out. And one of the college kids was waiting for their workout. Well, he's going through a coach's change. And this kid is always working. When I say always working, he's always working. He played, got a lot of playing time as a freshman, was starting. He was starting to get into the sophomore year. Then, boom, his playing time got drastically cut. And he was looking at me in the face, in the eyes yesterday. And he was like, yo, coach, I really thought about transferring. But, you know, um, he didn't. Well, long story short, the reason he didn't transfer is because he had put in so much work. So he's going back into his junior year, depending um, depending on the work that he put in, relying on the work that he put in. So, and and that's how you fight adversity. You fight adversity yeah. with production and work. And I just want young players to understand that. But if they're if, if you're being so, uh, 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 and another thing I want to add to that in terms of this whole whole mindset of of people leaving trying to find a better spot is it more important to be the man or win now every team you got to you got to you're gonna have to have a leading score even the worst team in the country got a leading score so is that what you want or do you want to win but i I think a lot of times i think our youth today and i'm not that much older than those guys they are allergic to working with a team uh, because you got these cell phones and they they all are consumed. I call a cell phone now personal isolation device. Well, we have a rule, try to have a rule here at Xavier that if we go out to team, go out to a team meal, you put your cell phone down and you're going to, you know, be able to congregate and talk with your teammates. But we are putting ourselves in these bubbles that the only thing we worry about is my brand, my brand. And I think we need to, we need to take, take a step back and understand the inter- interpersonal relationships that we have as human beings that not everything that you say think or do not only impacts you but how it impacts someplace else somebody else and i think a lot of our issues in college basketball that people wants to be the guy that gets all the credit john wooden has one of his quotes uh, it's amazing what can what can be accomplished when no one cares who gets the credit well, if I care, if, if me and Yusef is on the same team and we got a part of our um, culture here at, at Xavier's carry your brothers, be one for your brothers. It is my job as Jonas Hayes and if Yusef is, is, is my is my teammate, I have got to be as concerned with his success as I am my own. And in turn, Yusef is as concerned with my success as his own, then you find a common thread. You have some synergy where you can start playing with one another. And who cares if if I score the last bucket of a win or Yusef? You know what? At the end of the day, we're in the same boat. 
and our guys are competing with one another on the same team, as if saying, hey, Yusef, you're in the boat sinking. But guess what? We're in the same damn boat. <laughs> what what gives? You know what I'm saying? And yeah. so I think we have got to start uh, conditioning our young people's mind that I don't care who you are, where you're going, where you think you're going. You're going to have to need somebody's help. You can't do it alone, man. And so if we got guys that if you're not playing 35 minutes, you're not starting as a freshman, they're going to try to find the next thing smoking. And that that mindset is, is just different. And I want to caution parents from, from always thinking that kids are going to the league. Um, my brother was fortunate enough to get to the league, but that is a small, small percentage of guys that go into the league. And you may have you may have a son or daughter that's going to be good enough to make some money one day, but that shouldn't be that the crux of your of your thinking. You can't look you cannot look at these kids as your lottery ticket. All hmm. right. Be you have to be more concerned with the experiences that your child have and the people that he or she is around that can make a difference when your kid is 40 and you pan it forward to some other 18 year old. And that's the true difference. That's the true difference you can make, man. I like it. Yeah. Like it. Josh, what's up? Well, I mean, Coach, I, I don't know. You made so many great points. You almost like killed the podcast in one statement. But here's my thing. Here's my thing. I'm a, and I'm I'm a parent and I don't have just assume I'm a parent. I have no idea about what to look for if my kid is looking for another school to transfer to. So mm-hmm. if I'm a parent, what things should I be aware of if I think my kid needs to transfer what what are some signs that my kid needs to transfer okay the sign if 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 a coach is recruiting your son and his actions does not align up with the words he gave you that's your sign uh (laughs) that is just if the actions does not align up with what that coach has told you well you got your sign uh, because at the end of the day, the only thing you cannot guard against is a lie. If somebody if somebody sell you a lie, ain't nothing you can better do about that. You could try to make it better. You can you can go to the coach. I, w- I would I would not if if a, if a kid has an issue with a coach, I would first caution and say send the kid. Um, let the kid kind of grow up and, and and allow that kid to understand the importance of being able to speak up for yourself um, and. If, uh, if it's basketball only related, try to figure out internally what can your son do to make a difference. Now, if what the coach has told you does not align up, then you have a greater issue, then that's a trust issue. Any great relationship, whether it's a man and a woman, whether it's coach and son, whether it's a pastor and it's lead deacon, if there's no trust, there's no relationship. Okay, Mm -hmm. if and that's that's what you try to discern when you're in the recruiting process. Who can I trust? Uh, Because all these and I tell people all the time and I'm I'm thankful this is coming up right now. A lot of the schools that we're competing with for 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 student athletes that we're recruiting in in high school, we all are are allowed to offer the kid the same thing. We give you a great education. We're going to give you a great basketball environment, you know, great experience. But what really I do believe down to the center of my soul. All right, where Xavier is different is the people. And I tell this, I tell people all the time, the people makes the place. And when you can surround your son 
with a group of individuals that are committed as a group to your total development and better yet, everything that we tell you, our actions are going to align with that. The people here makes the difference. And and I, this is not a it's not a recruiting infomercial for Xavier, but that's from my experience. That's what that's where we are different from the, than most college staffs. I like that, Coach. I like that. What you got, Coach? Yeah. Um. Now, this the 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 transfer portal this year more than any um, more than any has mm-hmm. uh, effect has has had an effect on high school mm-hmm. sports, um, because it it's combined with the COVID rule. So, mm-hmm. who do you think is is uh, uh what do you think what effect has it had mostly as a, a college coach on, on recruiting? Well, it's, it's going to have a profound effect because gone are the days if you have five scholarships, gone are the days you're going to bring in five freshmen. Uh, because, like I said a minute ago, every freshman think they should be playing 20, 25 minutes a game. And gone are the days unless you're going to redshirt a kid and it's known from the front end, uh, you're going to get in and have a developmental guy that's going to come in, play a handful of minutes behind a really, really good ball player who's a junior or senior. Then by the time that kid is a sophomore, second half of the sophomore year, maybe a junior year, you know what? That's his time. You know, gone are those days. So it's going to force, I think, colleges to not recruit as large a freshman class. Uh, and so as when a kid get into the portal after his freshman year, we're going to recruit sometimes some college is going to recruit a college freshman who has entered in the portal as hard as you would a college, uh, a high school senior. And so that's going, I think that's going to be a, a lasting impact of this rule. That's kind of, it's kind of alarming, right? So very, very. So, so what, so what is going to happen? Uh, you're going to have, you're going to have kids going to a mid-major school because they didn't have the high major interest. They're going to have a, they're going to rock out this um, freshman year, and they're going to probably be looking for for greener pastures. Uh, and I don't like that fact, uh, just simply because if you can have success, that much success as a freshman, you chose the right spot. Um, but as you know, that's going to be that's going to be high major schools out there that's always looking for the next great thing, and they're going to be manning. You know, uh, they're going to go up and down every roster. You're going to keep tabs on all these freshmen and just say, okay, that kid may transfer. We need to keep an eye on that. And so when that kid hits the portal, they're going to jump on it like, you know, a fly do on Beetle Dong. But um, <laughs> but that's just I think that's just the nature of it. Um, the, the initial response to that is the mid-majors are probably going to get initially a better ball player. Well, that better ball player won't stay around. So how we deal with early entry to the NBA, well, they're going to have to start dealing with early entry or until moving up to a high major league. And it's going to be the same thing. It's going to always be instead of having kids stick around your program three or four years, you're going to have two, three-year guys now. So it's going to basically cause a situation where they're going to have to recruit. They're going to have to not only recruit high school freshmen, but you're going to have to, in essence, be recruiting your own players at the same time. Yeah. So for me, I'm good with that because I got great relationships with guys. And okay. so for me, when, when you when you don't have when you don't have great relationships, and you don't have a pulse on your team, you have an issue. Um, so for us, it's going to it's going to make us spend even more time with our guys. Hell, I don't have anything to do. I think about our guys all the time. Think about their welfare. Think about the experience that we can give them. Um, think about the environment that we create, the culture that we try to build um, and enhance. That's great for a program like us because we are people centered. We are people oriented. 
Uh, and so we're not transactional. We actually, we want to get some out of the deal. Uh, but also we are as committed to your personal success as we are our team success. That's I'm telling you guys, that's where we're different. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's where we are. It's, okay. Well, that, that makes sense. No, it may, it makes a ton of sense. And it goes right back to what me and my wife talk about. My wife and I talk about all the time, you know, people first, yeah. like how do, you, how do you treat people? You know, it's like we go into these establishments, we go into businesses, and a lot of times we don't come back because we weren't treated well within that place mm-hmm. of business. But then I've been to some mom and pop shops that treat me like, you know, they've known me all their life and love me, and I don't stop going back. I always well, come back. I, I got another story for you. When 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 life is all over, at the end of it all, all right, people ain't gonna give a care who your mama, who your daddy how much money you had, how much money you didn't have, if you're tall, if you're short, if you're skinny, if you're not so skinny. Uh, it's all about the relationships you build with people. And so I'm a firm believer. This is how I feel. I'm going to use Cesar for an example. 10, 15 years after my daily interaction with Cesar Edwards is done. Okay? 10 to 15 years. He's he's not going to remember everything I tell him. He's not going to remember everything I've done for him or, or to him while he's here at Xavier. One thing he will never forget, Maya Angelou said this, people will never forget how you make them feel. And that is transcendent. If you can be cognizant of how you are treating people. You know what? I may not remember what the hell Josh told me while we was in that gym at Okaloosa, I mean, uh, Orangeboro Workers in High School. But you know what? I felt good in his presence, whatever. I don't know what the hell he told me. But you know what? He treated us right. He got us a bottle of water. He got us a chair because it'd be something simple of saying hello. Hope your day is well. You know, little cat, little acts of kindness go long, long ways. And I, that's how I try to live my life. Try to pay people respect. And my dad used to have uh, something on our board, on our refrigerator growing up. In addition to Charles Swindle's uh, quote about attitude, about the last word, the last sentence of it is life is 10% what happened to you, 90% of what responds to you. Well, on the right to the right of that, he said it's so easy to treat people right. That's a quote here. It's just so easy to treat people right. Just think about all the mental thought that has to go behind purposely doing somebody wrong. Like I'm walking by Josh. I'm a, I'm a, you telling yourself, I'm not going to say nothing to him today. Cause I don't, I don't like how he did with just why go through all that. It's so easy right. to treat people. Right. And so simply I'm, I'm a country bumpkin from Atlanta, Georgia. I spent a lot of time in Villa Rica, Georgia on the West side of Atlanta. Um, and I don't profess to be this complicated thinker. I'm as simple as they come. But I know what I know how to treat people. I know I value people. I value the connection that I get with people, um, and that's important. Hey man, we we appreciate man that all them words, man. Boy, you, you just then. I think we need to make him a part of the. We need to have a uh, uh, Deacon Hayes month, uh, day <laughs> minute or episode minute or something. Yeah, and he just been quoting the day or something. Like it just thirty seconds. Just give me thirty seconds of that. Well, oh, you about to have me go out here and, and call the boys up and take them to the weight room right now. Like I'm. Gonna- <laughs> got to be there at five. I'm about to, I'm about to go right now. Tell them what you mean. Oh, stop it, <laughs> Nah, thank you, man. Uh, uh, we want to thank you, man, for that time. But before you, before we get out of here. All right. Gosh, before we do that, you got, you had anything else on the uh, transfer portal? Or? No, I think, I think, um, I think he can communicate it and, and got his point across very well because it's crazy, right? It's crazy how when we started talking about the portal, it always turned back to how you treat people. 
Right. But isn't that the majority of your life though? That's 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 the that's majority life. of life is just and, and how you treat people. You gotta be real and you gotta know how to handle adversity. My only piece on the portal is if you're transferring only because like if that coach treats you right, he's developing you, he's giving you the time, he cares about you as a person, and the only reason you're transferring because you didn't play enough, that's a you problem. Yes. Because yes. you're going to go to another school and have the same situation because there's going to be somebody there that's going to work harder than you, that's going yeah. to get a little deeper than you. So if, if if you don't handle your you problems, man, most people don't like to look in that mirror because they see smudges and stains, but you got to get yeah. some Windex and wipe that thing off and 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 believe what you see and get that's to right. it. That's you right. know, swallow that pride, man. But no, I, I Coach, I, I really appreciate you coming on and this was great. I went from from going from being that little nobody standing in the corner at Orangeburg Wilkerson Gym, just opening up the gym for y'all to having you as a guest on the show, man. I am honored. Yeah. No, of course, I'm honored you guys asked for some uh, bumpkin like me to get on this thing. You know, you, Coach English had been asking me for a couple of days, and I said, you know what, I need to do it. I don't know why in the hell he want to get me on this joint, but I'm on it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you want to – I think uh, – uh, we like to have good people on the show, and that's not saying that we have that we've uh, we've missed out on anybody or whatever. Because we're, we're going to get to uh, as many people as we possibly can on our show. But right, right. you know, we really enjoy having good people. So if I come into contact with you, and I really think you're good, like because everybody there's there's people who speak to you. Um, I think Jonas, me and you, I think instantly um, yes. there was a, a spark of a connection. Yeah, connection, connection yeah. there. Yeah. Um, you know, y'all supposed to come back and get wings, but you know, you and you and Coach Steele, I don't know if y'all was just shooting me one or if y'all really yeah, gonna come back. Know, but I see y'all, I see y'all on the fourteenth. I'll be down there on the fourteenth. Listen, listen check this out. COVID, COVID had allowed us to come back. I want ten piece. I want a lemon pepper. I want hot, and I want a side of fries and lemonade. <laughs> I got you. I got you. I want. I want to make them all wings flat too. I like flat. You get whatever you want, <laughs> man. You come to, to, you want. to see how southern you are. What what type of lemonade do you want, Coach? I, you know, I take straight lemonade. I like strawberry lemonade. That, that's not what I'm asking you, Coach. How do you what want that, How do you want that lemonade prepared? Pink lemonade with a lot of sugar. Oh, see, that's that's not country. I'm talking about freshly squeezed lemons. Oh, okay. okay. I, got I think that's bougie. That's bougie. So, that's hold, bougie. Wait a minute. So, so you my got coach, the pulp. You me about that because we went out to eat and they, was, they said we had lemonade. I was like, um, is it freshly squeezed? Squeezed. And they said the same things. Like, that's kind of bougie. Yeah, that's bougie. That's not country. I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> lemonade. I want somebody dipping fingers in my lemonade. If we're talking about some, if you talk about some Kool-Aid, yeah, I'm talking about the blue Kool-Aid. That's something else. <laughs> <laughs> but before we get out of here, man, all of our guests that come on, all of our guests have to have to tackle a particular question. Okay. Here's the question, and we always catch them off guard. Okay. Oh, take shit. Oh, all, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So you gotta put together a team to mm -hmm. win one game. Okay. You can't use you could use any player in their prime, but the team you're playing against in their prime. This is the five, and you got to come up with a five. Okay. Michael Jordan. Oh, shit. He was going to be on my team. Uh, Kobe, <laughs> Kobe Bryant. Magic Johnson. LeBron James. And Shaquille O'Neal. Damn. <laughs> That's usually the first response. So what's your five? Anybody from basketball history in their prime? Okay. Give me Dominique Wilkins. Mm. 
That's a name we ain't heard often. Not ever. ever. Yeah, I don't think we ever heard that. I'm a Georgia boy, baby. Uh, <laughs> give me um, Duncan. Okay, that's uh, that's that's almost a staple. Okay, give me in their prime. Ooh, give me Reggie Miller. Okay. Isaiah Thomas. Oof. My God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know what? This is going to be undersized because he's my one of my all time favorite. But give me Carbalone. Okay. Oh, he should be able to deal with Shaq. He should, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. got a whole Shaq. Duncan got a whole Shaq. Yeah, Who Carl Car- Car- is just gonna get murdered by LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you screwed me up that one. Yeah, because it, it's not fair almost because he put LeBron at the four, the, right? But that's, yeah. that's so that's, you know what? I'm 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 you know what? I'm taking the best five players that are not those five players. You know what? Okay, you roll it out. I'm just a, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, shit. It's just for, it just so good. <laughs> Yeah, that's a good one. You know what? I'm gonna have to call you back, Yusuf. I'm gonna think about that for a minute. I'm gonna call you about, back. About, hey, hey, you know what? Co- uh, uh, hit, hit Coach Steele with that one. <laughs> yeah. My God. And catch up with that one. Um, but man, Coach Hayes, man, we we definitely appreciate having you on, man. Thank you for your time. We know you got a tough schedule. Appreciate you fitting us in. Appreciate um, you guys, Josh. Baby, make sure you got my number. Make sure Coach Josh got my number. Yeah, I, I will. I'll give it to him as soon as, as, soon as we get off. Uh, any yeah, shout-outs you want to give to anybody? You know what? No, I, please keep my the, the Grady Brewer in your prayers. He's um, the, the coach at Morehouse College. He's been there 33 years, 20 years, I think 20 or 21 years as head coach. Uh, just keep him in your prayers, him and his family, Miss Lisa, and the boys. Okay. Man. All right, we, we'll be sure to do that. So appreciate you, Coach Hayes. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, guys. Oh, and happy Mother's Day to all the mothers coming up this weekend, too. That's happy big, too. Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. That's huge, too. Happy Mother's Day. Especially my mother, Yvonne Hayes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day, First first Lady Hayes. My wife. I like that. I like that. I like that. All right, you guys. I appreciate you. Right, right. I appreciate all right, you. All right. Bye-bye. Yep. All right. Hey, man, Josh, man. Good episode, man. What you Ooh, that's that's kind of right there. It's a great show. Yeah. Well, any shout outs, man? Oh man. Um, just once again, shout out to to um, brother Leon Myers, um, family, aka Naughty Top. You know, keep him in your prayers. He, when you affect and impact so many people's lives, you know, you take it for granted. And then once they're gone, you know, you realize how important they were. So, um, we hear it all the time, but we not we're not doing it. We're not doing it. Like love the ones that love you and and and. Love the ones that don't love you and don't take anything for granted. Don't take a day for granted, man. And um, that's all I got. Hey, man. Um, I think uh, I'm with you on that. Uh, you know, uh, prayers go out to uh, his family and we hope that, uh, you know, they can. Uh, it's always tough dealing with death. Uh, so we hope that they can uh, get by this and get through this together. Um, and, and through this, I think uh, there was a lot of things that, uh, that uh, Coach Hayes said. And I think one of the things that stood out to me is uh, it's so easy to treat people right. So go ahead out here, people. Let's go ahead and make sure we're treating people right. And as always, man, keep God first. Everything else will follow. Peace. Peace.
Hello, welcome to the Perfect People Podcast. Join Orlando, Faranda, Quan, and Didi for a dive into culture, entrepreneurship, corporate America, and of course, our daily lives. You get the scoop, the tea, and so much more. Imperfect people, but perfectly put together. The, the Perfect, Perfect people, people Podcast. The Perfect People Podcast, coming to you each and every Thursday, starting January 14th, 2021, on all podcast platforms.